The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. When you read the stat that 25% of the world's population has it, and personally get asked by about 10 people lately, I take that as a sign that it's time to talk about it. It said that a billion people out of the 7 billion that we have on the planet suffer with high blood pressure or hypertension. And that's really not a good stat, is it? 25% of this planet, Chris. Oh, wow. So quick math, that's uh, a little less. That's 1.8 billion people. The stats are kind of like around 1 billion, but seriously, like here in Canada, one in five people have high blood pressure and in the US it's one in three. Well that doesn't that does not surprise me at all. No. No, no right? I, I just got back from the States and some of the the wonderful, lovely, gooey, gooey food that you can get down there, you just cannot yep. find in Canada. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. I mean you know, and everybody does it. They go in, you have your blood pressure taken. This means when your blood pressure is high, it means that your heart is working harder and even harder than mine because I have low blood pressure. Ideally, when that cuff around your arm puffs up and then releases, the numbers that you're faced with are in and around 120 over 80 and even a little bit less. That goalpost is being moved because there's more research coming out. There is more heart disease, even around 120 over 80. Otherwise, there's so much damage. There's cumulative damage to the walls of your arteries that creates further inflammation to the fact that you have high blood pressure. So it's not just that your heart's having a hard time. There's so many other things going on. Now called the silent killer, hypertension is one of the leading causes of heart disease. That's considered heart attack, stroke, congestive heart failure, arrhythmias. That's when your heart, your heart beat, your heart rate is not the same. It's like an abnormal electrical activity in your heart that can leave, all of those things can leave to life-changing critical events. There can also be kidney failure. Hypertension also leads to what's called microvascular disease, a disease of the really small blood vessels that are in your brain. Think like dementia. Then your eyes leading to blindness. And for men, those microvessels, well, guess where they're needed to flow blood to? Yep, in your penis for your erections. So if you suffer with erectile dysfunction, then go off and check out your blood pressure. There's also vascular disease that can affect circulation in your legs and in some cases even lead to amputation of your limbs. And goodness me, if you have diabetes and potential neuropathy as well as this, it's really not a good recipe. 
The causes are not necessarily that you're sprinkling too much salt on your food, but that you eat processed food and otherwise tasteless food unless the food maker adds enough salt to make it taste like food or just something. Also, there's too much stress, not enough sleep and exercise and all that spins off from that. Yes, your genetics can play a part, and we talked about that with my DNA test results in episode 111. But the other reasons that people are talking about, in my opinion, are what I want you to know about today. And actually, I think I just said that wrong. It's what is not being talked about. So today on Eat This with Leanne, high blood pressure or hypertension. What got you here? How many health intersections come together with this situation? What you need to know to get it under control, what to eat, what not to eat, so you really understand how to veer off the road towards this silent killer. Has this happened to you in your doctor's office? Your blood pressure reading is higher than is good for you. The conversation that follows is just really about taking meds or ditch the salt and lose the weight if that's you know a situation that you're discussing. There's a much larger causation and correlation discussion that absolutely needs to be had. What's not talked about is that you might have insulin resistance, how your sleep and possible sleep apnea that you don't know that you have is causing this, or there might be heavy metals at the root of this. Your vitamin, your mineral or essential fat status, was that part of the discussion? And what you need or not need to be eating in order to get enough in your body, digest, absorb and assimilate. Then, of course, there's what's going on in your gut. Yes, there's another intersection here. They all contribute to the numbers that are going in the wrong direction as you check out your blood pressure. Sure, there are prescriptions and meds given out as a way to manage your blood pressure. That's just normal right? Like everybody has that situation. Should I? Shouldn't I? I've got the prescription. Should I try it? It feels like as soon as you start on it, that's it for life. You're going to be on these meds forever. But what about the side effects of these medications? And the fact that what got you here to the point of having high blood pressure? Well, I don't think that that's part of the discussion or even made a priority. So let's break down that list that I just reamed off so that you can see what you can piece together as this cross section of symptoms and issues of yourself. And let's talk about what you can do to put a positive, healthy spin on it. Now, it might seem like I'm kind of talking in circles as we go through this, but know that all of the following is absolutely connected and impacts everything to the point of your high blood pressure not the other way around. And of course, I'll wrap up the episode with what you need to put in your mouth to have maximum impact. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast for the first 113 episodes, you should know that it's all connected from the mental to the physical, from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. It's all connected somehow. Yeah. And honestly, I think after a a situation that I had this week with the medical community and my doctor and all of these kind of things, it just really reinforced to me how linear the way, how they come at this is just so linear. It's you have a problem and here is most likely, you know, kind of a pill or a situation or surgery or whatever it happens to be. You really just are not looking at the whole self. So I just came away from the situation this past week thinking, 
now I understand why people love this so much and the way in which we talk about things, because I kind of needed a bit of a reality check and understanding like this is not how everybody thinks <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's the way that I think and because, you know, colleagues like Davis Brockenshire and and and, you know, this is how we talk. It's just not what most people are exposed to. I think so. a lot of people want to think this way. They want to believe that they're an outside the box thinker, right? They want to think yeah. that that the you know they're not just going to go with the status quo. But it's just easier to do it that way. Go to your doctor with a problem. The bro- the doctor diagnoses the problem, and then he gives you the solution, right? Here's the answer. Take this pill. We need to do this surgery. We need to, you know, whatever it is, it's just easier. And that's why people tend to settle just from personal experience. I love that, Chris, because it is settling. It is so much about, well, the doctor said, Mm -hmm. right? You're actually not in that moment taking personal responsibility for what's going on. And if you've got pain, if you've got, you know, high blood pressure or whatever it is that happens to be going on, as soon as you get the, no, your blood tests are fine, you're fine. It's like, well, then I just go home and kind of carry on in pain or whatever is going Mm. on. Like, no, that at that point, whatever it is that you found out in your doctor's office, whatever it is you're going to is really like, it's a wake up call. It's a hello. Mm -hmm. There's something not Right. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey, think with flying fish. And in the case of high blood pressure, you know, this is the first piece of the puzzle. It's here for a reason. And it didn't just, you know, kind of rock up as of yesterday. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's no slight on the doctor. The doctor is only working in in their wheelhouse. Right. That's exactly. And thank God for them in so many situations. Totally. I think it's more the, you know, I'm not feeling great. Is something going on? Or it's those kind of more subtle things where, um, I don't know, I, I want to have answers. So I get more, maybe I get more frustrated when I don't get the answers or don't, you know, don't deal with people who are kind of like putting things into, uh, into a broader conversation. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just me. And we know what I'm like, right? After we listen to, <laughs> to episode 111, when the DNA thing and Kashif talked about my personality. So there's no surprises there. All right. So let's start with a little experiment first. Okay. I want you to stand up, stand up straight there, Chris. Okay. And then I want you to look down, look down at your feet. I can't see my feet. Is that a bad thing? Okay, that's exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So for everybody else out there, I'm going to say, can you see your toes? Because Chris has just said, can't do it. (laughs) Now if I lean forward a little bit, oh, there they are! I can see them. Okay. Oh, they're they're adorable. Oh, <laughs> so the fact that you can't see the toes, there might be a small belly, there might be a big belly in the way of your view. So, well, sorry to tell you, Chris, that belly, that belly fat, that muffin top, that poop, that paunch that you've got yeah. could, it, it's just, it's a driver of high blood pressure. Uh. That belly could be from too much ice cream, too much whiskey, or it could just be right. Like, you don't realize how you got there. You know, if it's too many cookies, like whatever it is. But there's also, there's a typical response to too much stress. So I'm not blaming all of this belly 
on your food intake. So please don't get me wrong there. Of course, it's a bit of a given, but the typical response to too much stress is high cortisol levels. And when that goes on for too long, it just goes straight to your belly. Now, it's not a great way of thinking of your lovely belly because it's, you know, it's nice. It's soft. It's it's cuddly. You know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, you kind of squeeze it in your jeans. I know that. But still, it's part of you. So still send your belly love. But unfortunately, it's kind of the toxic waste dump for the body. And believe it or not, it acts as part of your immune system. As well as that, the fat also has a metabolic effect that's toxic to the body and causes inflammation, and that creates hardening of the arteries, which is one of the causes of high blood pressure. So sure, being overweight or obese, it's not helping. And know that for every two pounds of weight that you lose, you can drop your blood pressure by a millimeter of mercury. So if you lose 20 pounds, let's say, you can drop your blood pressure by close to 10 millimeters of mercury. So I think that that's just a winning solution all around in, in sort of trying to lose it. Now, it's not lost on me that the actual losing it is a challenge. So don't get me wrong, and I'm not just, just glancing over that, but I want you to know that that belly that's in the way of seeing your toes is not helping. And is that a discussion, that specific area of your body because of the stress and the cortisol that's going on. Now, next up, one of the causes that I talked about is poor sleep and sleep apnea. Now, being overweight or carrying extra fat of any amount in any part of your body can have a knock-on effect to your blood pressure unto itself, but it's also a leading cause of sleep apnea. People who who have a slim build and a slim physique, well, they can also have sleep apnea. It's not just not just about people who are overweight, but it's a major contributor to high blood pressure. This start-stop breathing while you sleep means you're not getting enough oxygen in, not into your brain or any of your blood vessels in your body. When that happens, your cortisol level rises. And what did I just say about high cortisol level? it contributes to belly fat. That whole cycle is an inflammatory cycle and causes oxidative stress. I've mentioned that many times before on this, on, uh, on this podcast and can lead to damage in your arteries. Now, when your immune system sees those damaged arteries, it creates inflammation and then your body lays down cholesterol like a Band-Aid. So we've got cells, we've got these epithelial cells in your arteries they get damaged from the oxidative stress and the inflammation because you're not sleeping well, then your body takes cholesterol, call it a Band-Aid, and lays it down as a repair mechanism. So high cholesterol is another, I mean, that's another episode, but that's a, that's a way for your body to be taking care of itself. Thank you, cholesterol, for trying to heal my body. But sadly, that healing effect can turn into a roadblock or a Really, it's a blocked artery for your blood getting through to your heart and through to your body and, and circulating everywhere and can also lead to hardening of your arteries. Now, when your blood vessels are not getting enough oxygen to themselves from the sleep apnea, they don't have energy to expand and contract. And that in itself can lead to high blood pressure. Sleep apnea, well, it also leads to prediabetes, weight gain and insulin resistance. So we've kind of come full circle back again to insulin resistance. 
more on that in just a second. I'm a little bit surprised that your body reacts uh, to trying to fix itself to the damaged Mm -hmm. cells by laying down the cholesterol that (laughs) when it realizes that too much of that cholesterol is causing the heart, your, your, your heart to be damaged, that it doesn't have a reaction for that as well to fix that problem. I think it's like a hierarchy of what your body needs to fix Mm. or needs to take care of. And also there is like, you know, you know what it's like? I mean, imagine like a crash, right? Like one car stops and then all the others bash into it. Right. As soon as the cholesterol is laid down, well, there's just more stuff that's going to get stuck as it's (laughs) kind of going through, right? Like there, there, there is that situation. And you know, there is a lot of research out there that shows that vitamin C and high levels of vitamin C reverse cholesterol damage. Oh, really? The power of vitamin C, the unsung hero. I'm always saying vitamin C is such an unsung hero. So whenever I see heart disease, I'm like, please go take Alka-C. My take this by Leanne from my take this by Leanne line. Now I'm hearing the Superman theme in my head. Right? I'm hearing the dun 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 Look up in the sky! What is it? It's a bird! It's a plane! It's vitamin C! It is! Hello, citizens! This is vitamin C! Sorry. That's where my too many too many cartoons when I was a kid. That's that's, that's all that is. That's the best. Yeah. I need that to put on my website. People can click on it and listen to it and go, okay, they've totally lost it on this website. What on earth is this? And then you've got a, and then you've got like some some uh, greasy looking little dude in black leather with the word cholesterol over his chest going, oh, you can't do anything, vitamin C. Okay, folks, we've unleashed something in Chris that I didn't know was possible. <laughs> hey man <laughs> we're not gonna put him in charge of marketing <laughs> <laughs> this might be due to my my sleep apnea it might just be a side effect <laughs> it's possible it's quite possible i didn't research whether sleep apnea sends you loopy <laughs> oh my goodness but i'm sitting here crying <laughs> I think there might be a listener or two sitting in their car <laughs> getting belly cramps thinking, oh, this is good. I'm working my belly here, Leanne. This is awesome. <laughs> that means it's going to start going down. <sighs> Very funny. I don't have time for this foolishness. Oh, okay, deep breath. All right. So not, so not sleeping well or soundly or for long enough, snoring, mouth breathing. Well, they all directly or indirectly lead to high blood pressure. So before your doctor suggests, you know, your medication, then do they ask you if you snore? Do they research and look into, have you had a test or, or do you know, do you have sleep apnea or even do you, do you wake up in the morning feeling ready to go for the day or are you dragging yourself out of bed? Like I said, there's more to this conversation that's not happening. Again, not a slight on your doctor. It's just part of the things that I want you to know to be able to ask and advocate for yourself and be intentional. We started off the year about that and I'm not giving up on it. 
Okay. So I talked about insulin resistance. Now, what is this? This is something that I kind of hear every now and then, or, or, you know, and I'm not really sure. Now this really could be an episode unto itself. So that might come, we might get Dr. B back just to blow our brains on that, but let me just give you the basics. So you understand insulin resistance is when your the cells in your muscles, in your fat and your liver, that they don't respond well to insulin and they can't easily take up glucose from your blood. So when you eat, you get um, a response, whether it's carbs, uh, sugar, or anything really more in the, in the carb family and vegetables and fruits, they all have carbs in them. Then your body digests it. And then your pancreas spits out your insulin to take the carbs, to take that sugar and put it into all your cells. Now, when the response, when this response you know, takes a nosedive, your pancreas actually has to make more and more and more insulin to help the glucose enter into your cells. And that really is when and how you become resistant to insulin. And that wreaks havoc on just about everything. And eventually your pancreas says, mm, nope, I'm really tired here. I'm done. And you're on your own. And hence that can lead you to prediabetes or even diabetes. Type two, obviously not type one. Like I said, there's one situation is likely the number one cause of high blood pressure. And it just messes so much up and even can lead to all sorts of other things that don't have anything to do with blood pressure, like a depressive disorder. Did you get asked about this before you were handed a prescription? Maybe your doctor doesn't actually know as much about it. So if not, then you know, go in armed with a little bit of, of this information. The experts in functional medicine, now they say in order to test for this, because it's not a pretty typical like fasting blood sugar type of thing, but they the functional medicine docs, they say you do need to have your blood sugar and hemoglobin A1C tested. Now I'll put that in the show notes on leannephillipson.com and you can have that discussion, bring that awareness to your doctor. All right, now let's move on to your gut because, you know, all roads again kind of lead to the gut too. Now I've talked about the microbiome a lot on this podcast. And while you wouldn't necessarily think that your blood pressure is influenced by your gut bugs, that's what your microbiome is. It's just all the relationship of bacteria, good, bad, and otherwise. But really it like it is, this affects your blood pressure. If your gut bugs are off and there aren't enough good guys, if you're maybe not taking probiotics, although that's not everything, if that there's just not enough good bugs present, your immunity isn't what it could be as 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. Your gut bugs, well, they can get messed up from a poor diet, which again, speaks to the insulin resistance, the poor sleep, the sleep apnea, your belly fat. So it's all linked. Maybe you have some bad bugs, suffer with yeast, candida, IBS, or just, you know, you ate something funny and you've never been well, you know, never well since. That's something else I've talked about on this um, quite a few times. Any medication, well, that affects your gut, especially antibiotics, but also those ones that you take on a regular basis that you may not think about. So what happens here to influence your blood pressure? Well, without the balance of the gut microbiome with billions of beneficial bacteria or probiotics or good bugs, well, that causes inflammation and again, oxidative stress throughout the body that attacks the health of your cells and drives up your blood pressure. The second thing 
about your gut is if you have food sensitivities, that's not necessarily a food that you're allergic to and have to like, you know, stay away from and tell the server when you go to a restaurant, no, can't have this on my plate, but it's a food that irritates your gut. So let's say gluten, for instance, if you remember in episode 111 in my DNA results, my report recommendation was to avoid gluten. And that's not because I have celiac, but my genetics say that it's just not good for me. So it could be called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And if I was someone that ate bread a lot, crackers, cereal, pasta all the time, then that would contribute to not only, you know, discomfort, bloating, constipation or diarrhea, but also a situation called leaky gut. Really in another roundabout way, again, that leads to inflammation and really a messed up microbiome. So the other piece is that the gluten sensitivity, again, talking just about that, can lead to vitamin and mineral deficiencies because of the gut inflammation. Vitamin D, for instance, well, that's where it needs to be digested. If you think, okay, I'm taking vitamin D. This is really good. Everybody said this is a really good thing. Well, if there's inflammation in your gut, it's not going to be digested. So if you take your drops or your pills, you're not going to absorb it well because it's like there's a block there from the inflammation. So that's also why I highly recommend my Take This by Leanne Line, the Sunshine D3K2, because it's a spray. You spray it in your mouth and the absorption starts there and you don't have to rely on your gut. So the absorption is typically far better than if you're taking it orally and it has to hit your stomach and go through your digestive system. In yet another cross intersection, the vitamin D is needed to ease inflammation. So if you're eating gluten, it doesn't agree with you. You're not absorbing vitamin D. You plaster sunscreen on your body. You hate mushrooms, which is a source of vitamin D. There's just no D to work on that inflammation that's causing your high blood pressure. So to top it off, the absorption of magnesium, calcium, potassium, and iron are also negatively impacted. Speaking of minerals, let's talk about magnesium because about 50% of people are deficient in magnesium and it plays a huge role in hypertension. Every single muscle in your body needs it and it's a calming mineral that relaxes your blood vessels right? When you got stressed out and blood vessels are not going in and out, right? They have to move. They just, they got to go in and out. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those squish ball things, you know, you got to stress ball things. They've got to be able to move and magnesium can help the effects of stress because you just burn through it. It's inhaled when you're in, in times of stress. And really, I mean, that's pretty much everybody every day. So you're likely to be deficient if you're going through a period of stress who hasn't over their lifetime or even in the past two years. Magnesium, well, that can also help you sleep. So a low level from all the stress can leave you sleepless no matter you know where you live, Seattle or otherwise. Remember that, Chris, sleepless in Seattle? Yeah, well, that can just be sleepless in Toronto or anywhere else around the world. You know, I'd love so to know if Tom Hanks is stressed. You know, is, I mean, is there a man who is, you know, suffers with sleep apnea because of the regular stresses in the world? I mean, it's worth oh, an awful lot of money. And I understand that money doesn't necessarily buy absolute happiness, but I'd love to give it a shot one day. I mean, if Tom would like to, you know, hand over a portion <laughs> of those riches 
I would love to just. What, so you could get a sleep apnea? Maybe? Take it for. No, no. I'll just, yeah. So I could afford it. Yeah. Just take the money for a test drive and just see if that, is, you know, helps. helps is it a stress reliever? Is it a stress reliever? Because, I mean, yep. I mean, let's let's face it. Money is a huge stress factor in everyone's life. Okay. So I was listening to a podcast the other day. That's uh, And the title of it was, uh, I think, who was it? It's Arthur, somebody or another. It's The Atlantic, okay. right? the, the, um, the publication, The Atlantic. And he's got a radio show and this podcast. And I had listened to a small series that he did before about happiness. He's talking about happiness. Right. A- and then I sort of bounced onto his own, something a little bit different, not this little six series. And it was, does money make you happy? And I thought, let's find out. <laughs> So, so there was, and, and he's like a Harvard professor. Mm-hmm. So he comes at this, he had a, he had something else going on before he came to this sort of happiness focus and teaching, uh, teaching at Harvard as a professor. And he said that there is, there are studies out there that at a certain threshold of money, of income, of whatever, I mean, probably 10 years ago, maybe it was about a year, and this is all American, then over that amount, people were no more happy. It's probably more now because that was those stats were from 10 years ago, but maybe let's call it 100,000. Over that, it just does not impact happiness. And it was such a fascinating way of coming at it because what he did was he took happiness and unhappiness. He took those two situations apart. So what he was saying was, you know, happiness is happiness. That's just how, how it is. And actually, just to break that down an, another way, something that was impactful that I heard him say on another podcast was, like, happiness is not really an emotion. It's joy. Joy is the emotion. And we just call it happiness. And we try and find happiness. But really, you're trying to find joy, find those moments of joy. But what he said was, okay, fine, you might have more money, which can ease the unhappiness. But there's no absolute correlation and it's going to make you happy it affects the level of unhappiness that you're dealing with but it doesn't increase the happiness and I was kind of like visualizing this in my head because that's what I do of like a bucket of happy and a bucket of unhappy Mm. so you can you can you know lessen the load on the bucket of unhappy but is it actually going to make you happier Like, how do you feel more joy if you have another car, if you have another home, if you have the private jet? I mean, that can ease the unhappy of getting on a plane and knowing you're not going to get there because it just canceled it. Right. But is it actually going to make you more happy? It was just a really interesting thought, thought provoking way of coming at it. So still comes down to what your own decisions and what you do with it. Right. Of course. You can be armed with all this wonderful information about high blood pressure, but it still comes down to the decisions you make and what you do with it. So you could be rich in knowledge, but if you don't do anything with it, if you don't change how you apply that knowledge, then nothing's going to improve in your life. So you're therefore you're rich, but you're not still unhealthy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's no amount of money is going to change that. You can't buy better thoughts. Right. (laughs) Right. You can't. Exactly. You can't buy them. You got to do it yourself. Yep. So you can have a, you know, team of people around you, but it's your brain, it's yeah, your that's, body, that's it's why, your decision. Yep, that's why I have smart people around me, right? Because right. there's there there is not enough in the bank here, so I have to borrow from everyone else. <laughs> well, that's where where the people that you hang out with is really important, right? Yep, exactly. You surround yourself with people that have have different ideas. You get inspired. So I 
kind of think that's why people are here listening to us. All right, just to finish off magnesium. Well, it helps all of your muscles. So twitches and cramps and all those kind of things that can happen in the middle of the night that isn't, you know, impacting your sleep, but it also improves your mood. It's, it's just huge. Okay, omega-3 fats and all the recommendations I'm going to have of what you need to do and take is coming shortly. So just hang in there. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. So omega-3 fats. Now, when was the last time maybe you ate fish that didn't have fries on the side? (laughs) I haven't ever seen fish and chips with tuna or salmon. Have you? Oh, yeah. I've never yeah, seen yeah. the process. That, that's, a, that's a little, that's one of the little changes. We still do the old fashioned English style fish and chips, which is still one of my favorites. But every once in a while, yeah. instead of the, you know, the, the breaded fish, we'll throw in a, a beautiful salmon and, and do it with a, uh, a, a load of, 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 well, they're deep fried, but <laughs> deep yeah. fried chips. Yeah. But also yeah. half of those chips are often sweet potato. So a little better. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Absolute. And that's, that's the magic right there, right? Where you just make these small changes. You still want to have the fish and chips because it brings all those beautiful emotions and memories and all that stuff, but how can you make it better? So you nailed it on that one. So eating nuts and seeds, really that like, that isn't a part of many of my clients' food diaries. I pour over these food diaries, not for judgment or anything else, but to see what's missing. And what I'm not seeing on there is nuts and seeds. And, you know, unless it's maybe like peanuts at a baseball game. <laughs> so I know the consumption and the, and the minerals and the nutrients that you get from these kind of foods, they're just not going in. Every cell in your body needs good fats. Otherwise, they're just hard as a rock. So again, think of that like stress squishy ball thing. It needs, your cells need to do that. And without fat, they just get hard and it's not a good thing. Now, heavy metals is worth noting. Most people don't really necessarily realize that, you know, they've got lead. I actually went out with a friend the other night and she said she'd, she'd seen a naturopath and had a whole bunch of tests done. And she said, I'm, ha- I'm high in lead. And I said, wow, number one, you're high in lead. And it's not new. She said, it's been around for a while. And I said, well, that could have come from your mother. And I said, I'm astounded that you know that. That's tremendous. I didn't ask her about her blood pressure, actually. So I'm not going to dive too, too much into the heavy metals. But again, it's just a thing for you to be aware of. Ask for a test. Ask to measure your mercury, your lead, your cadmium, which comes from cigarette smokes, and even environmental toxins like glyphosate. Those are on, that's on all sorts of foods because it's a pesticide and it really gets into everything. All right. So what can you do about all of this then? I've just filled your brain with all the things. Now I'm going to record a video just to go over the kinds of things that I'm going to talk about here to a certain extent. I'll link to this in the show notes on leannephillipson.com and it'll be on my YouTube channel as well, showing you what to do from my Take This With Leanne line. So that'll deal with the supplements. I'm going to include the Skin Boost, the superfood powder for inflammation and oxidative stress. Then the Sunshine D3 K2, now that's for the maximum absorption. Remember that your gut is not going to take in those vitamin, that, uh, that vitamin D as well if there's inflammation in there. BioBoost Probiotic, well, that deals with the gut microbiome for a better balance of good guys to bad guys. Omega Boost, that's a really powerful uh, EPA and DHA and your cell membranes need it. Alka-C, well, Chris just handled that one earlier because (laughs) it not only helps in just about everything. So the immune response, 
the 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 hopeful you know the getting rid of the cholesterol and just cell healing is number one uh, vitamin c is the number one thing it's cell healing from a scar on your face to a cut on your hand to all the cells inside your body but my alka c also has chromium in it and that is the number one micro mineral that one's called a macro mineral is magnesium calcium potassium so a micro mineral called chromium for your insulin resistance. Now, just circling back to the vitamin C, that helps with your stress busting as well as repairing the cell walls, like I just said. And then, of course, we've got magnesium. And that's another thing that you need. So the magnesium bisglycinate. So all of these are on spartright.com. But this video will also just kind of take you through. Sometimes people like me need to see it in a visual way. Now, I think this is going to hit a lot of people. So I wanted to give as much support as possible. Now, I already have a queue of people wanting to work with me. So you can join that line if you think that that's something that you need to do and you need more one-on-one -on -one help. You can just reach out on spreadright.com or leannephillipson.com. Let's just dive into about five steps to get the mercury on that test going in the right direction. And I don't mean, mean the toxic kind. Now, number one is to change your eating habits. Keep a food diary first to see where the foods that you're kind of grabbing on the go, maybe there's sugar, there's a bit of process, you got more packaged than you realize. And oh yeah, you know, things have got crazy at home. So you're doing more takeout or grabbing fast food more than you used to, or you just kind of don't really realize because it's part of, part of, you know, your regular life. Once you realize all those things, then you got to ditch them. Sorry, but you got to. Either slowly or cold turkey. If it's, you know, chocolate is your jam and you do that, you just have to have something like that, then buy the dark chocolate. If you're savory like me, and I love crisps, British crisps, that's my go to as my vice, I'm definitely going to say, then kale chips with nutritional yeast on top is a great go to snack, but you got to ditch the, ditch the chips. I want you to eat even more greens. Really important number two on my list here. Broccoli, spinach, watercress, kale, which includes baby kale, which is a little bit more different, uh, more delicate if you're not into the big kale. Arugula, chard, microgreens, sprouts. They all have magnesium, potassium, and calcium in there. And you got to add more fish onto the side. Ideally, salmon, tuna, herring, mackerel, sardines, trout, they all have higher omega-3s than your typical white fish. And then just make a homemade dressing to go on the side with extra virgin olive oil because that's a really great monounsaturated fat or even avocado oil because that's tremendous as well. Number three, now think about easing off the gluten. If you think you're sensitive at all, just give it a go. That includes wheat, rye, and barley. Now, oats and buckwheat grains, they don't contain gluten. So you can shift over that way. You can find gluten-free flour for pretty much anything if you want to make any of those things. Even the recipe that's in my book, Sprout Right Family Food for, uh, for a chocolate chip cookie that you can just make with the dark chocolate. And that's just all oats. That's all it is. It's oats that's in it. So that's a really good alternative, but make sure that they're organic because otherwise they're high in glyphosate. And that's another toxin that's driving up your blood pressure. Give that a go and see how it, how it impacts your packaged food consumption. Because as soon as you take those things out, then things change. As well as just see how your gut feels, how your bowel movements are and how your mood is. Now, number four, what can you do about that insulin resistance that I talked about that's so key? It's truthfully no more fancy and really just, I can't get around it. I just, you gotta ditch the sugar. 
it's got to go. Follow more of a Mediterranean type diet, eat more greens, follow intermittent fasting, get more sleep and exercise. I mean, that really just rounds out the picture. If you can't eat fish or you don't like to have it that often, then take the Omega Boost, which like I said, is a powerful mix of DHA and EPA. You got to put that magnesium into your cart as well on spartright.com. Maybe melatonin for sleep, the Alka-C, you know, all those things. Sorry, I'm getting back into the supplements rather than the food, but it's sometimes you just need that boost. You need that, that momentum forward. So you feel better that kind of keeps you going. Now, the last but not least is exercise in a way that you find stress busting raises your heart rate at times so that you're challenging it, right? It's a muscle. You got to work it, get more sleep. If you don't know if you have sleep apnea, get tested and allow, you know, well, just go and ask your bedfellow, do you snore? Apparently there are apps out there that you can put on overnight. And, and if you don't know if you snore or you don't have someone sleeping next to you that can tell you that, then then you can see how much you're snoring. That, do you remember when we talked about mouth taping with Dr. Uh, Friedman? Yes. I don't remember which ep- episode that was. But I don't know. Do whole episode on that. Yeah, it's hard to forget the uh, the whole mouth taping thing. It freaked me out the first time you mentioned it. I mean, that'd be interesting because you've got a beard. I don't know how it would stick stick and keep, keep, keep your mouth together. <laughs> but I do have a client who said, that she tried mouth taping yeah. and it it was a game changer. Oh, really? Like, Go good for her. Absolute. Like how she feels in the morning to how she sleeps at night. And those were probably the two, two of the things that were really left over for her with all the work that we did together. There was a few other things too, but the mouth taping, she said, as soon as I started doing it, quick, instant results that it was an improvement. So definitely go and check out that. I'll put that, put the episode number in the notes on, on leannephillipson.com. Maybe yoga is your thing. Meditate, walk, pet a cat, snuggle a puppy, see a friend and all of those kind of things. They lower your stress level. Connecting with people, which we haven't been able to do for so long, lowers the stress level. Um, okay, so maybe that was more than five than I just said, but you get my drift, right? These are not, major changes other than ditching the sugar for a lot of people. You know, the one thing you didn't mention there that surprises me because it was kind of the go-to norm for people Mm. with high cholesterol was ditch the red meat and watch the egg consumption. Thank you for the egg thing. Yeah. Because eggs are not a source of cholesterol that if you have a blood test, it's it there's the correlation has been debunked so many times. Okay. You could you could eat a dozen eggs. Like it's not gonna affect anything. It, it's not. So please eat those eggs. Okay. They're so good for you. <laughs> okay. They are so good for you. Now, when I say a lot of the time I approach these things in eating better, which automatically crowds out the stuff. And I also know, I thought you were going to say alcohol. I mean, alcohol is is a sugar. Okay. So let's just break that down in terms of that. And if you're drinking every single day, then maybe it becomes every other day. Then maybe it becomes Monday to Friday, you're dry. And on the weekend, like, you know, I understand that that is a crutch for a lot of people, but number one, it's a lot of calories. And number two, it's pure sugar and your liver has to deal with it and you're causing more inflammation from it. So I'm sorry that I didn't mention that. A lot of people are thinking, oh yeah, I got away with it. But it it's it kind of comes into the big situation of keeping your food diary and seeing, and it's just one mouthful at a time, right? We say that every time. It's one drink, one drink less, 
rather than two glasses of wine, rather than one whiskey, two whiskeys, whatever, just see what you can do anywhere, knowing that it's going to have an impact on you. Now, the red meat being crowded out by eating more fish, win every single time. It's a good thing. Doesn't mean that you're never going to have a steak again. I mean, unless really you're in a situation where your blood pressure is through the roof, then yes, absolutely. Ditch it all and get on the cold turkey train on everything I've just said. (laughs) But otherwise, for everyone else, everything that I've just mentioned, I haven't said, please go lose weight. It's not in my vocabulary. It's how on earth am I going to do that? And it really is by crowding out the stuff that's not working for you, by having more greens, by focusing, having a look at your plate. Oh, no, there's no greens on here. What's she talking about? Sprouts. What are they? I'm going to go find them and then load up. That is the way that I come towards this by not saying, please don't, please don't, other than the sugar, because I'm pretty strong on that one, because it has such an impact and quickly I have taken clients off of sugar or their diet Cokes and all of those kind of things. And they lose weight really quickly. Everything that I just mentioned will positively affect the weight that you're carrying. So rather than focusing on, I got to go lose weight. No, focus on putting all the good stuff. Go get that broccoli. Go put it on your plate. Go get those greens. Make the salad. Ditch the ranch dressing, right? Package that comes in a package. The more that you can do at home and make at home, you're on a winning streak without a doubt. So thanks for bringing that up. As you can see, the high blood pressure, it's just so many intersections, so many things coming together. But getting to the bottom of where did this start, it's going to take some digging. And with someone like myself going through your food diary and helping implement some change, it can feel like a less of a mountain. So if you do get diagnosed with high blood pressure, please take that as a sign, a first sign that something's off. It doesn't just happen. It took a little while to get here, but research shows that with diet and changes, it can be reversed. It's not you're on these pills and that's it forever, or your blood pressure is what it is. No doctor is going to leave you alone if your blood pressure is high because it is such a silent killer. Now, while I've made these suggestions, you've got to keep in touch with your doctor. That's your first point of contact. Get a home blood pressure cuff to see where you are a few times a day and see what your efforts bring. Also know that that one time when you go into the doctors, maybe you have to puffed up the stairs, your blood pressure is going to go up. Maybe you have what's called white coat syndrome. So your blood pressure is going to go up because you're nervous about having your blood pressure taken. And you really need to find out how are you after you've, you know, kind of just been chilling out or reading a book. You're calm. You're not stressed. You haven't just run a flight of stairs or feeling like, oh, I need to be worried about something. What's your blood pressure then? And then use that as your marker. There's a lot of power in all the things that I've talked about in food. And really, it's just time to flex all of these things, put them into place with intention. Now, head over to leannephillipson.com for the notes so that you can read what it is that I've recommended here. And really, just share this with so many people. Remember that I'm going to have a, a video over on YouTube. I'll put it out on social media as well. And hear, hear me talk about the supplements that I've recommended in order to, uh, you know, and head over to spartright.com to, uh, to order them. I'll share all of this in my weekly newsletter. So if you don't get that, you can head over to leannephillipson.com and spartright.com and sign up for those because it's nice to have a little roundup of the kind of things that I speak about each 
week. Share this far and wide. Seriously, like there's a billion people out there that need to know about this. Reach out on either of those websites, any of the social media channels on SproutWrite or Leanne Phillipson. But thank you, thank you, thank you for being along. And I so hope that this broadens your understanding. And while you're making these changes, please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.